I wanted, you know, to your point, start helping people, but I didn't know what it was. And I started looking and right after I made the decision to do that, I came across Brain FM when it launched. And, um, you know, for a person that always had trouble focusing, I, for the first time, was able to control it. And at nine o'clock in the morning, I could turn on Brain FM and get into a deep focus state that I've never been able to do before. And I remember it was probably my third session in and I was like, holy crap, like this is amazing. And, you know, I went and looked at the science and I was like, wow, this is, you know, actually a thing and started researching it. And at that point, I just made a decision. I was like, I want to be part of this. This is Superfast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Franco here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 699. We'll be talking about your brain. For that, I've brought along Dan Clark from Brain FM. Hello, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks. You're from New York, but you certainly traveled around a fair bit. And you've had quite the journey since school to the point now where you're heavily involved in a software app that helps people be better off. I don't know if I've described that exactly how you'd see it, but I'm interested. How do you describe Brain FM to someone who's never heard of it before? Sure. So we, uh, Brain FM, we create functional music to help you focus, relax, and sleep better on demand. And we basically make all of that music with an AI engine that's powered to help you hit a mental state, zone into it, and then stay there as long as you want to. So there's some science basis behind it. Totally. Yeah, we actually uh, spend a lot of time and money on the science uh, because that's a huge differentiator between other people or other people that have, you know, try to do this binaural beats or isochronic tones or the things um, you've probably heard before. Um, we do a brand new approach that we have patented, and we also have um, research grants from the government to prove that it works. So lots of um, interesting stuff behind that. I remember many, many years ago, I got given a CD from, I think it was Centerpoint Research, Holosync, mm-hmm. and it had some meditation music and some bells. And at the time, I was in a very stressful job, and I'd walk uh, my dog around the block and uh, listen to these tracks. And I'd also just quietly sit in the room and listen to it. For me, it definitely felt like it was providing a huge benefit. But I imagine I could listen to just about any music in a calm, relaxed state away from the chaos and noise, and that would be beneficial. Even if I had no music, just meditating is apparently very good for you. Would you say that the products that have tried to do it before were not effective or partially effective or some other combo? Great question. I would say partially effective to reasons that you just mentioned. So, you know, playing relaxing music helps you be relaxed, right? But a lot of the products before weren't as sophisticated. Um, so binaural beats, for example, which you've, you know, it's similar to Holosync. They play one hertz in one ear and one hertz in the other. The challenge with that is our brains are really smart. <laughs> we, you know, we have millions of years of evolution. And what happens is we normalize to things. So if you hear the sound of a truck backing up, beep, 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 for 30 minutes, after 30 minutes, you're going to drown it out. And that's what happens with those kinds of um, things that have uh, tried to do it before. And what we do is we do something called neural phase locking. So we actually, by oscillating frequencies and doing 3D sound and certain kinds of salience events, we're able to neural phase lock your brain, which is really lining up the neurons to fire in sequence, um, which we can go into because it's, you know, as you can tell, there's a lot of science we can dive into. But we're actually taking advantage of evolutionarily systems that all of us respond to. 
So if you shine a light in someone's eyes, they contract because we're human. And that's the same stuff that we're doing with music, but we're starting from a s- approach of what actually affects the brain. And then we're making music on top of that rather than just adding something to all music. And there's, you know, again, there's a lot of stuff that we can dive in. But yeah, so really the main difference is that technology is different. We have an AI engine that um, is able to do this stuff that we weren't able to do 20 years ago. And uh, we learn more about the human brain every day. Yeah, I think that, you know, the science documents that came with the previous thing, the, the binaural beats sort of stuff, sounded pretty compelling. It's as if they certainly felt like they believed that it was um, doing things. You know, it makes sense playing different tunes in your different ears that your brain's going to try and reconcile it. And people were f- feeling like they were getting, you know, resistance or emotions coming out after taking those sessions. But I imagine uh, there's a combination of uh, enthusiastic marketing and then uh, the discovery of new technology as we go down the path. Do you do things such as double bind studies? Or, you know, from a scientific point of view, how thorough do you back the product? Yeah, sure. So we've invested probably to date $350 plus $1,000 in testing this stuff. So all of our studies are all double blind. We actually do three layers of studies. So we do EEG testing, which is that it's a cap that tests the electrical output from your brain. And we do clinical EEGs. So it's stuff that is hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases um, in labs in like Northeastern University or Harvard or MIT. Um, We have some collaborations with some scientists there. Um, We also do fMRI, which is a resonance scanner. Basically, it cuts your brain up by taking image slices of it so we can actually see the blood flow through your brain. And then lastly, we do um, actually video game experiments online to, you know, really tell. So what we're really interested in is, again, making a product that works that we can prove with science and make it better. And what we're trying to do is get real data from, you know, people playing these video games and these tests, you know, electrical output data, and then finally, like actual blood flow. So we can see which part of your brain is responding to things and certain stimulus, and that we can keep that stimulus active for not just five minutes, 30 seconds, but a prolonged period of time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. In fact, my son, who plays quite a lot of video games, came to me the day after you shared a coupon with me to try out Brain FM. He said, Dad, I'm having trouble sleeping. You know, have you got anything that could help? And I said, as a matter of fact, <laughs> you want to tr- <laughs> try this out and uh, put him on one of the sleep programs. So the timing of it was quite incredible. And as someone who's used these sort of programs in the past, I actually enjoy the the process of having that switching off from social media or switching off from technology and enjoying just uh, having that time where you can close your eyes and relax. I've got a sort of dark area with soundproofing in my house and a very soft beanbag, Mm -hmm. and I like to be transported away. I think it's good. So I've enjoyed sort of dabbling with it, but, you know, we lack the ability to have the scientific know-with-all. But even that being said, the placebo effect can have a pretty strong result if people at least believe that it's going to work for them. Probably that's a big part of what happened with the previous technologies. Then they can still get some benefits from it, which is really fascinating. Totally. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny, the guy who invented binaural beats and did a lot of the studies to show it in the 70s actually ended up disproving it like 10 years later. But it was so wrapped in pop science that it was continued testing and is still used today. And, you know, placebo effect is powerful. 
But, you know, we want to make sure that we're selling a product that, you know, is not just placebo because I don't know, that's not really a good product. (laughs) I think if we think it's a psychological thing, we want to have more than that, especially for what we're trying to do with the future, because this is just the start of it. Yeah, it's interesting you're thinking about the future. I mean, your own progression into this market was interesting. You were traveling a lot after school and you were doing development and design and you were really wanting to change your own lifestyle and help people out more. And shortly after that, you discovered this software, which you didn't own at the time, right? Perhaps you can tell us the story of how you got involved with it and then what progressed after that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I've always been involved in technology. And one of the reasons why I was really attractive to me is because I was never a really great student. It wasn't because I didn't grasp the material. It was really because I was really bad at waking up in the morning. (laughs) And even when I was awake, I never really could zone in until like 12 o'clock. So it's funny when you see my middle school and high school grades, it was all the classes that were after the afternoon were the ones that I was doing well in. And the other ones, not so much. I actually dropped out of high school and started being a developer. I actually traveled and worked from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. every single day, you know, Monday through Friday, because that was a time where I could do double or triple the work to be able to, you know, get things done and especially getting paid per hour and sometimes getting paid per project. I wanted to maximize how much I was doing in that time. So super sensitive to that. And I tracked everything. And I was like, why am I even trying to work at 10 a.m. when I could do the otherwise? So I did that for a while and had some really cool projects that I was involved in, things like that. But like you said, I I was really looking to make a change. I became digital director of this company to uh, really take the skills that I've acquired and do in another way. And it just wasn't for me. I wanted, you know, to your point, start helping people. But I didn't know what it was. And I started looking. And right after I made the decision to do that, I came across Brain FM when it launched. And, um, you know, for a person that always had trouble focusing, I, for the first time, was able to control it. And at nine o'clock in the morning, I could turn on Brain FM and get into a deep focus state that I've never been able to do before. And I remember it was probably my third session in and I was like, holy crap, like this is amazing. And, you know, I went and looked at the science and I was like, wow, this is, you know, actually a thing and started researching it. And at that point, I just made the decision. I was like, I want to be part of this. And, um, you know, at that time, I never wanted to be CEO or anything like that. I just wanted to be part of the rocket ship because I was like, this is going to change the world. And I uh, called them up a bunch. Uh, at the time, they didn't have any money to, to pay for me because it was a brand new company. And I actually quit my job and started working for free. And, uh, you know, three years later, you know, now I own and run the company. But, um, you know, it's been a fun, fun journey along the whole way. And I think the thing that has motivated me has really been, you know, having this help me solve my problems, but also seeing it also transform the lives of, you know, in individuals and the growth rate because of that. So, you know, in the time since, you know, we have about 150,000 users. We just sold one of our biggest accounts to a Fortune 100 client here. So we added another 25,000 users on top of that in the last month. And, you know, I get emails from people that said, hey, I haven't been able to sleep in 20 years. And I use Brain FM every night now, and it's transformed my life. Or people are, you know, taking less drugs or medications or using it with them to help counter effects. Like, there's a lot of things that we're doing that just get me really excited about. And uh, that's probably why I'm talking so much right now. But I'm, I'm super pumped to be involved in a company that can help people at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. And I'll mention that you've generously offered listeners 
listeners of Superfast Business uh, special rate. And of course, you can get a free trial, but there's a special rate if you want to stay on. That's at superfastbusiness.com forward slash brain. Uh, that's in lowercase. I mentioned that now because I'm sure a lot of people are starting to go over to the app store and look for the app for Brain FM, which I did when I got my coupon as well. But by the way, I don't think there's any affiliate commission for me. This is just for users that we're passing the saving to listeners. So if you want to try it and decide for yourself how effective it is for you, then go for it. What's the journey been like in terms of developing an app-based software? I saw a couple of the early usability uh, reviews on the App Store. Some people were whinging about certain aspects. I mean, it must be hard as a product creator to get your little baby out into the marketplace and to try and please everyone. And we all know that, you know, everyone's a critic (laughs) and they probably don't have an appreciation for some of the technical nuances that are involved in having a technology product released to the general masses. I know certainly if uh, our super fast business app has any kind of wrinkle, our users are the very first people to tell us about it. So what's that journey been like from a business owner perspective, trying to get this fantastic product out there that you believe in? Yeah, great question. You know, it's a really interesting journey, I guess I would say, because there is always something that I see that I want to implement. But at the same time, we have to make sure that we support, you know, a lot of people. So we've actually had to re-engineer how we release product because, you know, if I'm making a product for me, you know, that's one thing where I have an iPhone, but we have a ton of people on Android or we have a ton of people even in Android where they're using a Google phone or a Samsung phone or whatever. So we've really had to make sure that we, you know, define the process and gravitate towards, you know, building something that can be supported across a wide spectrum. So like it shouldn't matter if you're in the States or in, in, you know, Australia, it shouldn't matter if you have super fast internet or you you have offline. And uh, it's been a interesting road on saying, okay, we have all these really, really cool things we can do, but we have to make sure we get it right. Um, It's been a really long process of doing that because we get really like a lot of our engineering resources is, you know, based on getting this algorithm right, based on getting this AI engine right, based on, you know, getting the science testing right and things like that. And we haven't had the full team to be able to just make a product. And, you know, now we're, we're shifting towards that because our product is more stable. And now we understand more so of, you know, what users want, what is actually working and what is actually in demand, right? Because today we're like, hey, this is an idea that we love, but we also want to make sure that, you know, we're not the only ones using this thing, you know? So it's kind of been this back and forth. But one thing that is amazing is the community of people that have reached out to give advice or say, hey, this is not working. And whenever we get emails here of something that's not working, you know, that's something that's helpful for us because we want to fix it. So it's been really helpful to instead of, you know, pretend that problems don't exist is just fully own them and say, guys, we're having trouble with this or we're having challenges here. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're getting these and let's solve this together. And that's been a huge, huge learning process, but a huge victory, I think, in the past year. Yeah, I can really relate to that, too. You know, like of our whole user base of super fast business members, there's like three Androids. And they're a pain in the butt for us because, you know, everything works perfectly on iOS and Apple and iPads. Almost everyone uses bar these three people. And we still have to roll out things just for those Android users. It's um, not easy all the time. I used your app. I didn't find any issues with it. I thought it was quite usable and it was easy to get started. And 
It was different than what I have experienced before. The music sounds a little bit different. It's hard to explain, but it's got a style about it that is different to the previous types of music tracks from decades ago. I'm really interested in uh, where you get the content from. Do you have to pay artists? Does the computer create it? Have you had requests for putting the special layering of the music or whatever technology process you called into people's normal tracks that they like to listen to? Yeah. So uh, how we make the music is we actually have an AI engine that takes sound like chunks, I guess you could call it, and assembles it across a neural phase locking pattern. So we actually have video game composers and different kinds of musicians that work in a house that create these sound chunks. So they're actually guiding the orchestration of the music. And what a simple thing. So, for example, we're making lo-fi music right now. It's not released in the app right now, but probably by the time your users listen to it, it'll be out. And what they do is they study lo-fi, they study the rhythm, they study the beats, and they create these certain kinds of patterns. And then they let the AI engine do its thing. And that's how we're building it. So we own all the music and the licensing of it. Parts of why the music works is, like I was saying, the oscillations and things like that. But some of it's stuff we already know. So lyrics, they distract us. Whenever your brain has to subconsciously um, do a lot, you know, processing, it's going to take away from, you know, focus or from sleep even. So we have a lot of rules that uh, we have to follow to make sure that, that you know, this thing actually, you know, works and will work for a large group of people. But we do get a request a lot for licensing and things like that through companies. And for right now, it's more about what can we do for our users than just helping people, you know, sell more albums, because that's the main problem with music right now is most people, they make music for plays. And then people take those music and then create playlists and Spotify for focus or for working out. But the problem with that is it's not actually made for focus and working out. So what we're doing is, again, we're switching the script and saying, OK, this is made for working out. What are the things that we need to have and what are the rules first? And then we go into what protocols we need to have. And then finally we pick out the music. But it's a really big process to be able to do that. Gotcha. Yeah, I can imagine this. A lot of questions come up that need answers. <laughs> yeah. What does the AI actually do? So the AI is doing a lot of different things that are proprietaries that I can't necessarily mention, but you can almost think of it as a layering technique. So if you look at a skyscraper, the real inside of the skyscraper is the scaffolding, right? It's all the stuff that's keeping it up and tight. And that's what the AI is built for. So it's built for creating those things and those rules. But the real thing that makes it shine is being able to design the outside of it. So the facade of that skyscraper. So it has to look good. It has to function and it has to stay within the rules. And that's what the AI is really doing when we compose a song is it says, OK, this is the brain protocol we're trying to emulate in a user. This is the music. This is the quality. These are all the math, basically all the algorithms that we have to do. And it stacks up all of those. So when you're listening to the music, it sounds actually like music and not just a bunch of annoying sounds. That's really what we're trying to do is make sure it's it's something that you want to listen to, but also works. Right. So we've heard the famous claims from others, you know, that you can meditate deeper than a Zen monk 
do you have any way of comparing what sort of levels someone's going to be able to achieve with a short amount of usage? Uh, so not necessarily for meditation. Um, a lot of our studies that we've been researching have been focus and sleep. We have a bunch of user testimonials about meditation specifically, but I would say, you know, for people that are curious to try it for themselves and uh, don't take my word for it. A lot of the interesting things for focus, though, that I can talk about is that we can show we increase time on task by 39 percent and that within five minutes, the neural phase locking takes effect in your brain and takes about 15 minutes to stay there. So what's interesting is I like to explain it as a shortcut. Think about running and uh, running into the wind. Like it's only like a two mile per hour gust or I guess kilometers for you guys. But it seems really hard. But for some reason, when you have a wind at your back, it just feels easier. And that's kind of what our music is doing. It's gently pushing you into getting into deeper focus as long as you're focusing. Like if you're going for a walk and listening to your focus music, it's not really going to make you focus. But if you're doing um, work where you're you know, sending e- emails or development or whatever that may be, it's going to help you get there faster and then keep you energized to do that work longer. And it's really interesting because at the end of that 90 minute session that you may do, you're going to take your headphones off and go, whoa. I can't believe that was only 90 minutes. And you have to have headphones for this to work? The best results are with headphones. It'll still work without it, but because there's other sounds and because things may be bouncing off your speakers before it enters your ears, there's mixed results. For sleep, though, that has a slower sound wave or longer wave, that's something that is less of a big deal. So if you have a Bluetooth speaker in your house and you connect it and you put it on for sleep, that's really not a problem. Have you had people using it with infants who won't settle easily? We do, actually. That's something that we're currently investigating and researching with sleep if we're going to create an infant-only app. Because a lot of our tests are, you know, people that are 18 years and older. But we do have a lot of people that use it on time trials. So instead of doing an eight-hour sleep, they'll do like three-hour or four-hour sleep session and, uh, you know, turn it off with a phone. And that helps that people, you know, or kids, I guess, fall asleep and, and stay asleep a little easier. Yeah, I've got a playlist for my baby, which will put her to sleep by about two songs. Oh, cool. Never fails. Great. And uh, I think there's, for me, there's some very strong evidence that anchoring that soundtrack can create stability because we travel a lot. Mm-hmm. This baby's been in all different places, different countries, long flights, hotel rooms, etc. And having that consistency and the same sort of anchored track gives her the comfort to be able to just close those eyes and disappear. So I'd be interested in uh, how the infant side of things pans out, certainly as a parent. Yeah. What sort of things do you often get asked that you think would be in the best interest of listeners to know about the app? I mean, one thing that comes to mind, are there any potential downsides or is there someone who it might not be suited for? Great question. Right, right now, in all of our studies, the only thing that's negative about it is if you, for some reason like because it's just sound the worst thing that could happen is you get distracted right it's not something that is like a drug that you can take too much of or you get depreciating returns we actually find just like you're talking about with your daughter um, the more you use it the faster that pathway actually it gets activated so instead of it starting to work and then completed in 15 minutes when you actually use the product on a consistent schedule you can drop into focus or into sleep faster. And what's really interesting about really just all of music and our auditory system is there's a lot of, you know, like we were saying, psychological responses to it. 
But there's also things that have developed from evolution that are the reasons why it works. Because listening and in your hearing is one of the only things you can't turn off. You can't close your ears, you know, and it's very interesting because it's aligned there. You know, as far as other things that people ask me about, you know, they do ask me about what are the best ways to use it. And what I always try to tell people is instead of starting a new habit, just add it to a habit you already have. So for me, every single morning I wake up and I have a nice coffee and I journal and I would recommend for most people that if you drink coffee or tea in the morning, just put Brain FM on when you're doing that and start your day that way rather than saying, okay, it's focus time. Let's do this. And that's okay as well. But it really comes down to you. And there's some people that use this all day and they stream it all day. And there's some people that use it on short spurts when they need to. I'm one of those people. It just really comes down to what feels comfortable to you. You know, it's, it's easy to go in, try it out. Um, you can go to the explore section, find something that you actually want to listen to, and then just, you know, get started and work like you normally would. And um, the magic will happen as you work. Right. So, Dan, uh, really interesting. And uh, I mean, I'm particularly interested in this field. We've had lots of different guests on this podcast, ranging from uh, <laughs> our previous guest, the episode 698 was with Guy who's um, who lives in a treehouse and uh, meditates every day. And, you know, now we're taking a very science-based approach for how a busy person can tap into technology to get some of the benefits of uh, sleeping better, etc. What are you most excited about in the next year that you see um, driving your obvious enthusiasm for this? Yeah, uh, so I guess two things. One, on the consumer product side, I'm very interested in adding wearables to uh, the product. So what we you know know now is that you know we can help influence people to focus better, relax, and sleep better, and we have a lot of studies to show it. But it's another thing actually seeing your own wearables. So we, we have people with Aura rings that you know self-report and give us data and exclaim that this is you know why they use us. But what we want to do is actually connect that data and then make better songs and match them for specific situations. So imagine you wake up in the morning and you have a fight with your partner and you're agitated and you need to work. You may need a different kind of music or different kind of, you know, I guess, push or encouragement than if you're waking up sleepy. And that's something that I think is really going to revolutionize the next version of the product where we get that feedback loops. People get to see them and them improve and they actually get to feel it, too. So that's a lot of fun. And then second is something that we're doing in our medical side. So on medical, you know, we have grants from the government for, you know, validating if we can beat medication. In some cases, we have the beginning results of that. And we're also doing pilot trials right now in hospitals for pre and post-op surgery. So the idea is that, you know, right now, if you go to hospital, it's usually quiet. You're usually kind of scared. Uh, my girlfriend, she had her tonsils out and I went through the procedure. Well, I was there to support her and it was just a tonsillectomy and it was very like nerve wracking because you get IV and you have all these doctors. And I started talking to some of the doctors there and some other people as well as our neuroscientists on staff. And we actually had this hypothesis that if we could just make a better experience, then that's awesome. And as we started testing it in real hospitals, we started finding that we actually decrease blood pressure in our medical relax. And, you know, the possibility of that is if you're 60 years old and you stay up all night and you're stressed about having this really big surgery and then an hour before you have an elevated heart rate. Right now, they send that person home or they take the surgery. 
But the problem is if they have a cardiac event, that's life threatening. And we actually have the potential of being able to lower that heart rate for an hour before surgery and maybe being able to save lives. But at the best or at the minimum case, maybe making a better experience for people. And that's something that I'm super excited about testing because we're going to be able to learn a lot about making a medical product to help people. But also we're going to learn things to help make our consumer product better as well. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool stuff. And I can see the application is obvious. Connecting that app to wearables should be quite a big deal. Actually, you'll generate your own success stories and create a bigger movement. So. Dan, thank you for coming and sharing with us how Brain FM works. A reminder, if you want to check it out and you want a special saving, I think it's 20% off at superfastbusiness.com forward slash brain. That's a direct savings for you, the listener. Uh, there's nothing in it for me. I just want to spread the good ideas. I think in 10 years from now, we might be able to look back at episodes like this and see these were the foundations of where medicine started shifting and people became more aware of this sort of technology. I mean, people have been trying to do this for decades, you know, like, as you said, since the 70s, I think. And now it's just getting better and better and more and more interesting. And I do see a lot of those aura rings on people in my network, for sure. Uh, and sleep has become a big deal. In 2019, sleep's one of the biggest power advantages you could possibly have over any of your competitors. So, Dan, thank you so much for sharing, and uh, I wish you the very best with your next growth phase. I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk about it and uh, explain you know, what we're doing. So, happy to be here. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.